You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. We're getting back to the mock draft Mondays here. Took a one week break from mock draft Mondays due to free agency that took precedence last Monday, but this Monday, getting back to Mock Draft Monday, we'll check in with the latest post-free agency mock drafts now. I think it changed needs for a lot of teams. Did it for the 49ers? I'm not so sure. We will get into that subject and who the Draft Network has for the 49ers at Pick 12, or do they even stay at Pick 12 in this week's Mock Draft? And Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com gives his thoughts on where some of the remaining quarterbacks could land and who the 49ers fit would be with now what is left after we've seen some trades and seen free agency and where some backup and stopgap type quarterbacks have gone. And have some audio. Really quick turnaround with getting Jukowski Tart, by the way, back to the podium in front of reporters after he has now signed a new contract to come back with the 49ers. Bit of a surprising one there. And we'll hear from the latest edge player for the 49ers, Samson Ibukam, talks about where exactly he will play and what his role will be in the 49ers defense. This episode brought to you in part by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your next order. At BD Peacock on Twitter, if you want to get involved in any of the mailbags, we will try to get to some questions today. If we have time, we do have a packed show so far, I think, but I think we can get to some of those questions. You can email the show as well, if that's your preferred mode of communication, LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Let's start with Daniel Jeremiah's latest at NFL.com talking about the quarterback carousel and where he sees things ending up. And as expected, he has Zach Wilson as the, the connection to the New York Jets, utilizing the number two overall pick. And I think that's a smart move. I think you turn back the clock on a new rookie quarterback there in New York with a new regime. The GM didn't draft Sam Darnold either, so that means Sam Darnold would likely be available. And that's who he likes for the 49ers still. Some other names on this list I could have seen him going with, but he said that the 49ers have a roster and urgency to find a backup quarterback able to win now, and Sam Darnold would give that extra little bit of, yeah, maybe there's something else too. He also said this, which is an interesting way to put it, and I, and I kind of like the way he puts this there. And clearly Sam Darnold's not going to get a ton back because I think we'd have already seen that trade happen or maybe who knows maybe the Jets are still doing evaluations and they just don't want to lock themselves into that draft pick if they're not completely 100% sure yet so they do have some time before they make a move like that Jeremiah said the level of compensation for such a trade would let us know whether he's being given the starting job or if he needs to beat out Jimmy Garoppolo in a competition and I don't think there'd be any question if the 49ers traded for Sam Darnold he would be the backup to Jimmy Garoppolo, unless Garoppolo was also on his way out. If the, both of those players are on the roster, Garoppolo goes into camp, clearly is the starter, and it would shock me if Sam Darnold beat him out. Now, the, the great part about Sam Darnold is if you are trading for a backup quarterback, that's a lot cheaper than if you're trading for a guy that, oh, hey, maybe this could be our starter of the future, and you have to give up a second rounder. I don't think the Jets are getting a second rounder. They might have already traded Sam Darnold if that was the case. And I look at a team like the Bears, we're paying more than Sam Darnold's getting paid and getting, I mean, a player who's maybe not better, even though as bad as Sam Darnold has played 
And for sure, Sam Darnold at least has more upside than Andy Dalton, is who the Bears decided to hook their wagon to. He's their starter there. I would have, and I mean, did the Bears see Dalton as a stopgap and, and they're going to try to draft a guy? But why did you need to spend $10 million there when you could have just spent $10 million on a position that you would have drafted maybe in round two and use that second round pick to try to move up from 20 to go get your quarterback if you're the Bears? Because you already have a stopgap type quarterback and Nick Foles in-house. So now you have two of them. You have Foles and you have Dalton. And, and I don't really see Dalton as being worthy of a $10 million contract to upgrade over Nick Foles. So that's an odd one. And it, it just tells me with the way things have gone, that Sam Darnold is probably not super sought after right now by teams. And so I think he's going to be cheap on the trade market, especially after the Jets know they've made their plans. Maybe they won't trade him for less than a third or something like that. Maybe the 49ers can get him for a fourth, maybe a future pick with a you know, condition involved, which would make a ton of sense for both teams. Because if Darnold ends up being the guy, then you, you would gladly give away a second or third round pick or whatever it would be in, in next year's draft if you have this all of a sudden star quarterback, right? If Sam Darnold becomes that. He likely won't become that. But for his salary this year, which is going to be cheaper, it's less than half of what someone like Andy Dalton's making, you can go out and sign say, Joe Flacco, who the 49ers brought in for a visit, and now he's gone and has gone to visit somebody else. I believe it was the Eagles. Let me double-check what my notes say here. Uh, yes, according to Ruben Frank, NBC Sports in Philadelphia, says that the Eagles are bringing in Joe Flacco for a visit. So the 49ers didn't love Flacco enough to give him a, a deal on the spot, and they let him leave, which usually means that a team's not super interested because you do everything you can to, to keep a free agent when you bring them in and you love them and you want to sign them. They usually don't leave the facility. They don't leave the city and get on a plane until they're signed if, if you really want to do that. So um, Sam Darnold would be preferable to someone like Joe Flacco, and there's not a lot of names left out there of backup-type quarterbacks. What do you have to give up is the question. A conditional pick that become, could become, you know, a fourth rounder if he doesn't do anything and, you know, and he's maybe even not on the roster or something next year. Uh, or that could become a second round pick. I mean, yeah, I don't know, third, future third. I don't know what it would be for Sam Darnold. Not giving up a number two this year. And pro I would, I'd probably try to get something in the future anyway and not try to do a third this year or, yeah, this year either. So I don't know. That's who the dot is connected with the 49ers as far as this article is concerned, Sam Darnold, and I can understand why. And if he's cheap, then yeah. If he's not cheap, then no. Let's go to the draft. That's that's the way I would look at this thing for the 49ers. Let's go to the draft network and find who post-free agency Kyle Krabs has the 49ers taking today. And the, the folks over at the draft network have had the 49ers being very active in their mock drafts, trading up usually for a quarterback. But in this mock draft, that is not the case. And a very interesting name of a prospect at pick 12 for the 49ers in cornerback from Virginia Tech, Caleb Farley. Now, I don't know if this mock draft was made before or after. I assume it was made before since it was posted early in the morning and the news came out today about Caleb Farley, who opted out of the 2020 season at Virginia Tech due to COVID, but now he will have a microdisectomy Tuesday 
with the noted back specialist Robert Watkins and will not work out at his pro day Friday, according to his agent, Drew Rosenhaus. That was a tweet from Adam Schefter. So that was a double whammy, the Rosenhaus-Schefter bomb there about Caleb Farley. And I thought he was a player that maybe the 49ers would be lucky to get falling to them at pick 12, as they did in this mock draft. But now, I mean, we're talking about a back surgery. I don't know how serious microdisectomy is. But this is a player who hasn't put anything on tape since 2019. Now not going to be at his pro day. A lot of his stock and a lot of his projection as a, um, a top 15 prospect in this draft is his athleticism. And he's not going to be able to put that on display and blaze that 4-3 flat or 4-2-40 probably if we're talking about pro day times, especially at Virginia Tech who have the famous 38-yard track. They have always have the fastest times and we've seen a lot of ins- I mean, there's already a record four twos and four threes I've seen out there from prospects in pro day season this cycle. And we're not even a quarter of the way there with the pro days for all these prospects. So everyone's flying. I'm sure Caleb Farley would have been able to put on a show. And that's part of what you would hope you're getting. If you're a front office, you want to check those boxes and see him go nuts in these workouts because he's that type of athlete. So is, are you going to be as comfortable with the player knowing the 49ers injury history recently drafting a player at number 12, who, got back injuries and and wasn't able to work out after not playing all season and hasn't played since 2019. I tend to think that that's really going to hurt Caleb Farley more than it would hurt most prospects to not work out pre-draft just because of the circumstances here. And, you know, similar kind of to the 49ers not going and seeing Trey Lance and a player that maybe they've never seen throw live and in person. Does that hurt his chances of being drafted by the 49ers if he falls to pick 12? Um, Caleb Farley, I think it really, really does and potentially even he could be there on the board for the 49ers and fall down beyond them and not them not make that selection. So maybe a team lucks out later and he everything's fine and he turns out to be a superstar. But I think that does hurt Caleb Farley and probably hurts his chances of going in the top 12. Although athletically, uh, he would have been the perfect prospect. And I thought I would have thought yesterday that this would be a slam dunk pick for the 49ers at 12 with the top four quarterbacks going. Uh, long before they have a chance to select him at 12. All right. In fact, Caleb Farley after the quarterbacks might have been the next, might have been my, n- my number five prospect in this class as far as the 49ers are concerned. But the back injury, that's tough. Well, hopefully, you know, teams will have a ton of time to do medical work on that and see what he looks like after the injury and, you know, have their medical experts go over everything. Does it hurt him a lot? Does it hurt him a little? Does it end up not hurting him at all? I have no idea. This is going to be a wild draft. I would assume this hurts Caleb Farley a little bit, and he might even fall out of the top 15 now. Okay, Jaquaski Tart, the latest 49er to sign. Why did he sign? What is the plans for him in the 49ers defense in 2021? Is he getting his old starting job back at strong safety, and they signed another safety on top of Tart? And Samson Ibukam, similar question. He's a hybrid player, linebacker, defensive end, edge rusher. How will he fit into the 49ers scheme next? March Madness is upon us, and everyone's getting involved. And you can get involved at betonline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including the college basketball tournament. Football might be over, but NBA is happening, NHL is happening, build your brackets, bet on any of the games happening right now, NFL draft props, which are always super fun. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Go to betonline.ag, use your mobile device 
too, if you want, to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED. On. Again, promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Get more of the sports you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today pod on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. The 49ers inking two safeties today. A little bit of a shocker. Uh, neither name was a name I expected to hear when I woke up today. Uh, one of those maybe more expected just because he's already been on the roster in Jaquaski Tart. It looks like a two-year extension worth $13 million, according to Ian Rappaport, uh, can be worth up to $15 million. That shouts starting safety to me. We'll hear from Tart in a second if he thinks he is the starting safety, if he's been told he is getting his old job back, or what that scheme will even look like under new defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans. And the 49ers have also added veteran safety, Tavon Wilson, who is also in Santa Clara today, a one-year contract, according to Matt Mayoko and Ian Rappaport there. You know what's odd? Even though he's been in the league for nine years, 31 years old, played games with the Lions, Colts, Patriots, I don't have a great scouting report on Tavon Wilson, so I don't have to go to work on that one for you guys and see uh, what I think that signing is all about. The fact that they're bringing in Tart too, on the very same day. That is interesting. That is quite interesting. And what does that say about their current roster at safety or how they want to do things? Marcel Harris also back. Obviously, Jimmy Ward and Tarverius Moore. Suddenly a crowded room there. Maybe not room for a draft pick. Maybe that was the thinking there. The Niners going through this draft prep and knowing what they need to use picks on and saying, yeah, you know what? Now Maybe there's a guy day three, but we're not going to draft a safety early. And we want to make sure we have this position group ready to go before draft day. So I have a feeling that's a lot of what this is about. But Tart, two years, 13 mil, up to 15 mil. That's a starting strong safety contract if I've ever seen one. So what about it, Kwaski T? Has the team given you that starting job? Right, it's, it's all competition, and, and that's what it's been since Kyle and John been here. It's, all, it's always been competition. They just, you know, they're just not going to hand anyone a job. So, I mean, for me anyway, I, I approach every every day as if like somebody trying to take my job. So that that's just how it is. And what about the fit in D'Amico Ryan's scheme? Is it going to look different? How is he planned to be used or does he even know? I mean, I'm, I'm very excited. I mean, uh, hopefully I get the blitz 12, 12 times a game, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure how D'Amico will run everything, but I have, I have full confidence in D'Amico can get the job done. He will get the job done. Okay, didn't know Tart was such a fan of blitzing and going after the quarterback as a pass rusher. Maybe that's a common thing amongst defenders that I didn't know about. I guess it's a lot easier. You just have one job and you can't screw up in coverage, so you just get the pinniers back and and go after the quarterback. I, I could see that being something that a defender enjoys doing quite a bit. I'm on board with it, man. Let's send them. Let's let's send them all. Although that is the strength of Tart, and Tart's been a really good player for the 49ers. I don't know if he's gotten the credit for how good he's been. Part of it is because he has been hurt quite a bit, and obviously with this team, that's something that's really set them back recently. But he can do a lot for a big-body guy. He can go deep and play deep in coverage. Uh, He can cover tight ends and running backs. He can get after the quarterback a little bit. He's got range as a tackler, so he's a really good player, and uh, I'm interested to see how D'Amico Ryans uses him or if it's a pretty much of a, a carbon copy of what we saw from Robert Sala's defense last year when Tart was a part of it. He did talk about 
enjoying being back and what it meant playing with his good buddy and longtime teammate Jimmy Ward dating back to high school. And this, what's interesting about the Tart move is that it guarantees pretty much that Jimmy Ward's going back to free safety most likely and Tarverius Moore's going to the bench. Like that is the domino. And I think the biggest thing it tells me about this move is it tells us about how the team's comfortability with just giving the job at free safety to Tarverius Moore is. And I liked seeing Jimmy Ward around the ball a little bit more, playing a little sort of a hybrid slot role. Maybe that's it. Maybe they're going to put Ward in the slot a little bit more and have that three safety look and have more over the top and Tart kind of playing a strong safety. So maybe that's a look they're going to try a lot more. That could definitely be a thing, but I kind of do like Ward closer to the line of scrimmage than I like him in, in deep coverage, even though he's got range and he's pretty good back there. He just doesn't make as big of an impact a lot of time and, and doesn't make a lot of plays on the ball. So when he's closer to the action, he's actually, I think, a better, more impactful player a lot of times. But that, you know, that can be said about a lot of safeties. So um, let's move on. Oh, you know, one more here from Jaquaski Tart talking about why he picked the 49ers and, and what it means to be with the team that he called like a family. He said the 49ers are pretty much like a family. And he detailed what that meant and how different this organization is to some other. And he's never played for another organization in the NFL, but how he hears about other organizations and how it is for players when they do come play for the 49ers. You can start it from the janitors, the 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 the, the cooks, the chefs, like everybody. Like everybody is like, you know, you just feel like they're your brother or sister. Like it, it's just a great environment to be in. Like and and from from other players who come from other teams that come here, they they always man, they always say, "Man, I I ain't used to this." So it's like just knowing like since I've been here for all my years in NFL to hear that is like, okay, well, I know I'm in a, I'm in a great place. I love that. And that's like an old Eddie DeBartolo thing, right? That sounds like an old school 49ers family thing from the Eddie D days. And I don't know if it was like that for a long time since Eddie D has been gone, but it's nice to hear that that sort of an atmosphere is back for the 49ers. And I think that benefits everybody throughout the building. And I think it does in a lot of ways translates to wins on the field and, Players want to come play for your organization. I think it's important around the league. And obviously it helps bringing back your own too. So if you're keeping score at home, Tavon Wilson, Jaquaski Tart, Dante Johnson, DJ Jones, Trent Williams, all back, bringing in Alex Mack and Samson Abukam from the outside. The 49ers have lost in free agency. Wide receiver Kendrick Bourne to New England. Solomon Thomas going to Las Vegas. And Akella Witherspoon going to the Seattle Seahawks. All of those, I believe, were one-year deals, except for Kendrick Bourne. Was Man, I can't believe he got three years, 15 mil from the Patriots. Very interesting there. So uh, Niners need to figure out some depth at wide receiver. They haven't really done anything there in free agency. We'll see if things do get cheap on that front as far as free agents go. Corner, still another position, kind of eyeballing, of course, quarterback as well especially when it comes to a veteran backup that the 49ers have been whispered about with a lot of players, brought in Joe Flacco. Still haven't signed any of them, though. Uh, next, let's hear from Samson Abelcom and get to some of your questions. The sweetest 16 is underway at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com, find the Built Bar Madness bracket. Today's matchup, coconut versus white chocolate birthday cake, a brand new flavor from Built Bar. And to be honest, I don't like the way this is going. 
potentially a all coconut final four? Not sure about that one. We'll find out, and you can vote at BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. And you can get 15% off your next box of Built Bars with promo code LOCKED15. So vote for your favorite Built Bar flavor for Built Bar Madness, and remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bars. Samson Abukam, though, uh, same question as Tart was asked, where are you going to play? Where are you going to line up on defense? I'm going to be rolling from what I've been told and I'm expected to be on that field. And hey, I'm excited just to hear that because this is uh, more of an opportunity for me to showcase what I could do. And I'm probably going to play uh, DN or whatever position that they want me to play. I'll do all that. It don't matter. Sounds like he has the feeling he's going to be on the field a lot and as a pass rusher a lot. And so that's what I would expect for Samson Abukam. I think more of a rotational Rusher, third down type of guy, gets some speed coming off the edge. Wide nine, face him at the quarterback and let him go and do his thing. Because of the style of rusher he is, I think the scheme could be a nice fit for Abelcom. I think he could be a nice player there, but you could also do some other things and drop him back. And he's got you know outside linebacker skills. He's done some of that in the past. Obviously, he could play some special teams. But I, I love the answer where he's just like, yeah, wh- whatever. I, I don't care. And I think the 49ers could utilize a player like that on defense that can can do a lot of different things, but obviously they signed him most likely to be able to chase down, especially those athletic quarterbacks in the NFC West and growing throughout the league right now. But I mentioned the style of rusher he is. He's not a technician at all. I mean, he is not. He needs to get a lot better with technique and using his hands and pass rush plans and pass rush moves. But one thing he definitely has, and he knows that that's what he has, and that's uh, a motor. And he just he nonstop, he keeps going, keeps going, keeps going after the quarterback, and it's something that all really good pass rushers have is that nonstop motor going after the quarterback. Now you put a pass rush plan on that and put together some technique, and it's funny because he talked about not being a technician and that defensive line coach Chris Kosarek already has him working on his first step. So, I mean, they're already getting to work there. And he said he's also excited to work with someone who is a technician in Nick Bosa on the other side, which should absolutely help him out and see a lot of one-on-ones there as a pass rusher. A couple of the other highlights from Samson Abukam talking to the media. He said that Kendrick Bourne was low-key salty when he learned that his former college teammate was going to play for the 49ers as he was on his way out of the organization. But he said he was happy for his old buddy who's going to play for the Patriots now. And Abukam also talked about is foundation. He was wearing the shirt, the TNS Foundation, named after his parents, and they're doing humanitarian work in Nigeria. So good on Samson Abel. Come with the off-field stuff with the TNS Foundation, and uh, hopefully he gives the 49ers defense a little bit of juice coming off the edge for the next couple of years on his two-year contract worth about $12 million. Okay get to some of your questions and crack open this mailbag. It's been a little while since I took some of your questions. And uh, let's go to John. He says, okay, Brian, I'm looking for someone to tell me I'm not crazy. I don't know, John. You might have come to the wrong place. Let's find out. For thinking the Niners find a vet quarterback to back up Jimmy and go with Devontae Smith at pick 12. I have zero evidence to back this up except for a really strong hunch. I'll duck and cover now. Look, uh, John, that wouldn't be crazy. It's better to draft the best players than to draft strictly, strictly for need every year. 
And if you think there's a Hall of Fame player there, at wide receiver, and he slips to you at 12, and I think Devontae Smith is the best wide receiver in this class, I've got zero problem at all with the 49ers selecting him. Is that their plan? I, I would probably highly doubt that that's what they plan to do. But you've got to be true to your draft board if you think there's a big teardrop between Devontae Smith, who's on the board for you at 12, and I don't think he's going to get there to them anyway. And the player maybe that you thought is uh, you know the, the positional need for you but is not as good of a player. Draft the better player, man. Uh, free agency is for need, and I think that's part of it with what we've seen with going and getting able calm to come off the edge. I, that's kind of telling me they probably don't expect that that's going to be the player for them in the first round, and maybe they don't like a, an edge player at 12. They could still draft some other edge players later in the draft. Um, and, you know, safety is probably not something that they expect to draft much of, especially early and maybe not at all in April. So, yeah, the free agency is for need and the draft, and this is how it's always been, and teams don't always adhere to this, and sometimes you're not really able to because some things are too important. But, I mean, if go back and look at whatever team selected the player in front of, um, I don't know, Aaron Donald, right? They probably had a need for whatever position that was and drafted a player. Maybe that player turned out to be good. I don't even know who it was. But if you got a Hall of Fame player there, I'm sure that if they went and redid it, they would take the Hall of Fame player that maybe wasn't even a positional need. Even if you've got two really good defensive tackles, you take Aaron Donald, right? Uh, and generally, I wouldn't be for taking a defensive tackle in the first round. And obviously, you don't, you don't know that a player is going to turn out to be a Hall of Famer. But if you have a grade that high on Devontae Smith and he's there for you, I mean, throw needs out the window and draft the player. So I'm not against your plan here, John. There is a scenario where Devontae Smith would be the best player available, in my opinion, for the 49ers at 12. But I don't think he'll be there, and I do think the 49ers will go in another direction. But you're not completely insane, so I hope you feel better about that. Let's go to Sean in Canada, who directed me toward a 49ers web zone article uh, that was, let's see here, the 49ers 2020 team. They were the second most injured team over the past two decades. And Sean says, this puts the 49ers 2020 season in perspective. Second most injuries in the last 20 years and most starts injured of the last 20 years. So second most number of injuries, most number of stars or starts. I don't know. Either way, um, last 20 years, that's, I mean, they, they had bad luck. I mean, that is obviously clear. And I think the 49ers, if you're looking at how things are going, and I just we just kept score on what it looks like in free agency. The 49ers are operating as a team that is acting more like they just came off the Super Bowl like last year than that they came off a team where they only won six games. That's what it looks like to me. And I feel like that's really how they're lining this thing up. And so I wouldn't be shocked at all if even if there's a quarterback there for them at 12 and they passed on him because they have this other need and they're trying to roll it back. And they, you know, Patrick Sertain is there or whatever. Or Caleb Farley, as we saw from the mock earlier is there and they need a corner because that's what they need and they're trying to win now and that's sort of how they have operated recently is they're in win now mode and there is evidence to make the 49ers believe and part of it is those injuries that they're not going to be that injured again because even if they have some bad luck and they have some players who are you know injury risks still not going to be the worst luck in the last 20 years as far as injuries go so I think a lot of 49ers can be hopeful about that and I think we knew I didn't really see that stat uh, about the second most injuries in the last 20 years, but it's really not at all hard to believe. How about this? We talked about Abu Kam. This from David Lombardi and 
Matt Barrows of The Athletic, they put out their roster projections so far as we go through free agency now after a week and kind of see how things are going. And Lombardi talked about how the 49ers still have some some needs on the defensive line, even with Samson Abukam there, maybe up to three openings for the roster. And it's insane that the 49ers have that many potential openings on a position group that they've spent so many resources on. Obviously, they spent the first rounder on Buckner trading away, got a first rounder back, spent that on a defensive lineman in Javon Kinlaw, first rounder on Nick Bosa, first rounder on Eric Armstead, and then gave him his second contract, which was quite large. Just spent some free agency dollars on Samson Abukam, brought back nose tackle DJ Jones, who I think I forgot to mention a little bit earlier. Uh, They have Kevin Givens, Contavious Street, ACL, Injury out of college, uh, that was one of the picks I did not like that they took in the fourth round. They thought they got a player who was a lot better than that. I thought he was healthy, a fourth-round pick, and coming off an ACL, I thought he should have been drafted a little bit later. But um, another draft pick there, Alex Barrett. Uh, they have Darian Daniels, Josiah Coatney, uh, Deshaun Hall, and then, of course, D. Ford, who they spent draft picks and lots of money on. So a lot of resources already spent on the defensive line and they might in fact continue to spend more resources. First rounder. I I don't know if they'll spend the first rounder there, or maybe if they move back into the first round, I could see that making more sense if they pick the defensive lineman in the twenties more so than in the teens, but definitely possible more likely second or third round probably. But Hey, like I said before, if you think you have this other worldly defensive end there in the first round at pick 12 and Maybe no defensive ends have even gone off the board yet at that point in the draft. If he's the best player, take him, you know, and and it's really important. And the philosophy for this 49ers regime has been built around that defensive line. Obviously, as I just outlined with all the resources they spent there and they still have an ability to bring in another edge player, another bigger type defensive end, maybe even another defensive tackle. So um, definitely not done shopping on the defensive line, despite all the resources already spent. Winky Tuesday coming at you tomorrow with my weekly guest, Nick Winkler. Got some other guests lining up for you. It is draft season. We're getting into the deep end now of draft season after the first wave of free agency. So a lot of draft heavy episodes to come. And your questions. Going to try to filter them in almost every episode. Hit me up at BD Peacock. Be back tomorrow right here. Locked on 49ers.